Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcasts, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 1, Episode 9. I'm Bethany, your host, and joining me today are YouTubers Izzy from Happy For Now and Jess Owens. In today's episode, we will be recapping 2020 in the book world and including a look back at authors and YouTubers behaving badly. I've invited Izzy and Jess to join me because they both host great news and drama update shows on their channels. And if you want to support this podcast and get early access to episodes and exciting bonus content from all of our guests, including the ones here today, check out our Patreon linked in the show notes. But before our conversation, it's time for On My Radar, where I share recent or upcoming book releases in science fiction, fantasy, and romance that I'm excited about, and then our guests will have the opportunity to share one as well. The books for today's episode are actually all going to be released on February 2nd, 2021. Apparently everything is coming out that day, with the exception of the guest recommendations, which may include any upcoming release. First up, we are going to be getting an exciting new book from Sylvain Nouvelle, A History of What Comes Next, a darkly satirical look at 1940s rocketry with an exploration of the amorality of progress and the nature of violence. Sounds interesting. Then we're also getting a nonfiction title that looks really cool. I don't usually include nonfiction, but you will see why. It's called Why Wakanda Matters, What Black Panther Reveals About Psychology, Identity, and Communication by Sheena C. Howard. This is a collection of essays from leading experts in a variety of fields relating Black Panther and the world of Black Panther to topics including cognitive dissonance, intergenerational trauma and resistance, collective identity, and cultural and racial identity. I just thought that looked fascinating. Then Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell is being pitched as Ancillary Justice meets Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's a debut with a queer love story in space and plenty of political intrigue. Then if you're looking for a YA romance, you might try Love is a Revolution by Renee Watson. This one follows a plus-size Black teen girl who falls in love not just with a boy, but also with herself. Then for the first book in a new historical fantasy duology, we're getting Muse by Brittany Cavallero. Pitched as American Royals meets The Winner's Curse, Muse is set in an alternate history American monarchy, where a girl grapples for control of her own life in the middle of a looming war. A standalone YA fantasy that looks interesting is Unchosen by Catherine Blair, a fiercely feminist tale with a horrifying curse, swoonworthy sea captains, and the power of one girl to choose her fate. And then lastly for today, We Could Be Heroes by Mike Chen is a new sci-fi release about unlikely friends and the power of choosing who you want to be. Arch rivals have no memory of their past and few clues to their identity. So when they meet in a memory loss support group, they realize the only way to reveal their hidden pasts might be each other. Um, so there's a few titles all coming out February 2nd that look pretty interesting. Again, those are always linked in the show notes. With that said, please join me in welcoming Izzy and Jess to the show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us. I feel honored to be here. Well, <laughs> thank you. I'm happy to have you. You guys are perfect for this episode. If you want to briefly introduce yourselves to our listeners and also share your pick for an exciting upcoming book release. Hi, I'm Jess Owens, not Jesse Owens, the famous track star, but Jess Owens. <laughs> um, that's my channel name. I talk about bookish drama, but in addition, books that I read, which is primarily adult science fiction and fantasy. Um, and a book that I'm really excited about comes out um, March 23rd. It's 
called The Unbroken by C.L. Clark. I think this is a debut author. And it's a North African-inspired fantasy. And what got me was there was a cranky princess and a cranky soldier. Supposed to be rebellion, espionage, and military might. Um, And I think it's supposed to be a sapphic romance involved in there as well. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Sounds good. I know, that does sound good. (laughs) I'm over here like, oh no, my TBR. Oh no. (laughs) Always. (laughs) So dangerous. Um, Hey, I'm Izzy. I am from Happy For Now. I mostly talk about romance predominantly, but I do read other things like I like gothic, uh, horror, and mystery thrillers, YA fantasy, and all pretty much I read everything, but my main genre is romance. Like 99% of the time, I feel like you're going to find me talking romance. Um, and then, yeah, I do the monthly Romance Landia updates where I cover various news in the romance world, uh, which are always fun. And my pick is a romance book out February 8th. It's called Gray Hair, Don't Care by Karen Booth. And this is a 47-year-old newly divorced like makeup artist named Leela. And she has a one-night stand with a guy named Donovan James, who is like a marketing guy at this company that she ends up working at as like one of their people. And it's kind of that whole... What happens after a one night stand and you show up to work? Uh, the cover is like gorgeous. It's got this like beautiful woman with gray hair on it, and I'm, I just cannot wait. Cannot wait. Awesome, I love it. Great picks. So yeah, again, those will be listed in the show notes if you guys want to check out the titles they mentioned. Those sound great. So okay, we're we're at the end of a year that has been particularly wild for everybody with COVID, but in the book world as prepping for the, this episode we've talked about, it it has been a wild ride. And there has been so much drama and so many things that have come out, a lot of exciting stuff, a lot of like messiness and messy behavior. In fact, when we started talking about this, there was so much that we realized we couldn't fit it all into a podcast episode. <laughs> so if you want to hear some more of all, us talking about things that happened in the book world in 2020, there is a live stream on my channel that I will link down below where we talk about some of the other topics. But today we're primarily going to be talking about YouTubers and authors in the book world behaving badly because there's a lot to talk about here. And yeah, oh boy, did things get messy. And you guys both talk about this kind of stuff, Izzy for romance and Jess book Twitter in general, Mm -hmm. which is why I invited you to join me in this conversation today. (laughs) To like ease our way into this before we get into people behaving badly. Briefly, let's talk about this year, Times Magazine put out a list of what they are calling the 100 best fantasy books. Of all time. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I want to so many feelings about that. Yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about this. One thing to note is this was curated along with a bunch of authors, including Tomi Adeyemi, Cassandra Clare, Diana Gabaldon, some others. Notably, all of them have at least one book on the list. <laughs> Felt like they all had like two books on the list. Yeah. Not most of them had two books on the list. Yeah. So thoughts on this whole thing. Um when I was going through it, I some of them made sense. Some of them were like classic books that have been out for, you know, 50 plus years or whatever. But the the fact that like you just said, all of the people who were involved in the panel conveniently had a book on the list. And 
multiple. My biggest issue was that they counted or they use it spots for series. So like all three, I think Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just put that yeah. as a series? Save yeah. a spot for someone else. That was a big thing I didn't like. Well, not to mention some of the books on the list had been published like within a couple weeks of when the list was released and the vast majority of them were published within the last like year or two yeah Yeah, it was it was so weird (laughs) best of all time and it came out last year like i think it needs some time (laughs) right well or like it came out last week (laughs) (laughs) um and if they had like cassandra claire on there I mean, I guess they're going, they were talking, I think their metrics are like influence and okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. But why wasn't Twilight on there then? If we're talking like cultural impact, yeah, influence. I, so I mean, you know, Twilight's not as good as Cassandra Clare's writing to some people, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't read Cassandra Clare, so I'm just throwing shade at her. <laughs> general that she's on there but also i think twilight they're probably like mm, that's more contemporary even though it's like a weird mix situation. yeah but there was i mean there were so many interesting picks there some things that like are arguably not really even fantasy um and they didn't have a lot of major people like robin hobb wasn't on the i was so like i'm not a big like i don't read like the the giant tomes of fantasy right like that's not my thing like i'm like no thank you <laughs> Like, I want to listen to all, everyone I know, read them and love them and, like, care about them. I'm like, those sound great. But, yeah, no, I'm not touching that. But I like, Robin Hobb is somebody I know. And I'm like, how was she? I just still don't know how she wasn't on the list. Because everyone I know that's read her books, like, loves her. Yeah. So I yeah. don't understand. I mean, she's a classic. They Like, this year, I think it was this year, they came out with this gorgeous, like, anniversary edition of her debut like i i just don't yeah. understand there were a lot of snubs people who weren't even didn't even make it so some, some interpersonal saying? relationships were reflected <laughs> in the choices maybe yeah, i mean they were very <laughs> objective of course in their decisions clearly <laughs> well also if we're just going influence like sarah j mass was not on the list oh yeah like that still blows my mind that she was not on that list yeah given who else was on it. I mean, I don't know. Not that there, like, there are some great books on it. And I think if they were saying, hey, here's a list of, like, interesting, diverse books in fantasy, Mm -hmm. like, 100 books you might want to check out, like, if you want to, like, read from a diverse group of authors, then great, yes. But, like, in terms of, like, this is the 100 best, most influential books of ever, that I find But they titled it... That's a that's a bold statement. It's a bold statement to put out, and yeah, that list. I was like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Okay, so after that little warm up, let's really get into some of the juicy <laughs> things that have happened this year. Because oh my goodness, there's been so much. So let's start with YouTubers behaving badly. This is primarily booktubers but other people as well who got involved in some things with books there there's been a lot that's happened the the first thing i have on this list is rachel marie was a booktuber and i don't know if you guys remember and i don't even know like all the details of this but stuff started coming out and it turned out that there was a long history of like semi-abusive and problematic behavior and ways of talking to people. And there were so many people who came out 
about it all at once. And it's, it's not only, and we can talk about this, but it's not only the fact that all this stuff came out, but then she left and deleted her channel mm-hmm. without announcing to anybody and like shut down her Patreon and everything. And she was in the middle of hosting a fundraiser for another booktuber, Jesse from Bowties and Books, to help cover things that were going on with, because this was in the middle of all the Black Lives Matter protests, Mm -hmm. and Jesse was, like, at the forefront of that. And so she just, like, disappeared (laughs) in the middle of all that. She only came back to say, I'm very sorry or something, my favorite screen grab ever. (laughs) Just that tweet that's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember what it said. Yeah, the... (laughs) I was trying because I didn't follow Rachel. I um, so when it was happening, I was like, oh, I'm so confused. Who's RM? Because people weren't saying like, oh, yeah. Rachel, they were just saying mm-hmm. RM. Like some all the subtweeting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I didn't catch all of it, but I know that I remember seeing people saying, "Well, since we're talking about her now, mm-hmm. she did such and such." But I just can't remember exactly. Was it like? I don't know, was it like subscribers of her channel or people that she was friends with? It was it, it was a combination of things. Some of it was, I think, like weird stuff she had said to and about other YouTubers. I don't know. There, there, I don't want to get this wrong, so I'm not going to like be too specific about it. But I know that there was kind of a weird sexualizing comment that was made um, on another... She commented on... I think it was Riley Marie. Riley, I think, I it, think was- it was Riley. Uh, something really sexual and inappropriate. And I also know that she was yeah. like emotionally ma- manipulating people, like yeah. in a very high school fashion. I would like to call it, where yeah. you're like, you know, behind closed doors, like you're telling them that somebody doesn't like them, even though that's not true. Right. Situation. Well, and I heard a lot of that also was going on in her Patreon Discord of like kind of weird power play stuff going on there which is strange there was just there was a lot like there were and it was in the middle of so much else happening that mm-hmm. i don't know i don't have as as much uh, documentation yeah. of yeah. of everything that happened but it was definitely yeah. a big blow up it, it was, was it was kind of kicked yeah. off the uh the drama of the year i feel i feel <laughs> like it did, yes. way. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because the, the, it did, and that it was like from then on, <laughs> it was so messy. It's been like nonstop. It's yeah. June just sent it over the limit, and it's been oh my goodness. ongoing since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot. Well, I think it was probably around the same time, or maybe after that. And I think Izzy, you were the one who brought this up, but the YouTuber who ha- you previously had the channel We Be Booking. And do you want to talk about that? What happened? Oh, yeah. Um, so she, like, there was, like, a readathon going on during the George Floyd protests. There was, you know, movements on on YouTube, BookTube, to, like, not post and other things, like, you know, acknowledging, like, your privilege as a white creator. And she was hosting a readathon, I believe. And, like, got, like, all of the tweets are gone. Of course. Of course. I went to go dig them up. And they're all gone. I was like, y'all, stop <laughs> deleting everything. I know. <laughs> um but yeah, she was basically like talking about how she wasn't going to do anything in support of that because like all lives matter mm. and then got called out on her username being Weeby Bookin mm-hmm. sounding like A-A-V-E, which it does. Like, I don't think you could deny that. So she just changed her name, vanished briefly and has since returned. 
So, <laughs> I, you know, no one will notice. It's when you're when you're blonde and you're white, maybe not. Maybe people aren't going to notice. I don't know. <laughs> After a few weeks, it just they forget about it. I mean, also, like, if you weren't on Twitter, you probably didn't witness it. So there's also that whole situation, right, with a lot of this stuff. I, I do think um, – I know when I do my Romance Lady updates, I get a lot of people like, thank you because I'm not on Twitter and yeah. I don't see these things ever. Yeah. I do feel like a lot of book drama happens on book Twitter and that's where yeah. things always get messy because people – like, people do not have a filter. I'm like, you need to think before you tweet. See, I don't have a filter, but I do think before I tweet. <laughs> yeah. I rarely tweet for that reason. I'm just like, I'm just going to read. <laughs> I'm just going to read, as we all should be doing in book Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dangerous. Anytime I start to type out a tweet, I'm like, ah, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think so many things kind of went down right around this time as there were the, the Black Lives Matter protests were mm-hmm. ramping up. And so Twitter in general there was a lot going on. Um, but you saw a lot of this with authors, you saw a lot with YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And right in the middle of this, in the middle of Black Lives Matter protests and a global pandemic, we have the reading rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. And there were like a few, uh, quite several, several missteps, you could, I, I would say. <laughs> Mm -hmm. good i like that (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely missteps yeah um from the hosts starting with the prompts so i don't know if either of you guys are familiar with or want to talk about that part of it so i know um i don't have them like in front of me but i remember reading the prompts and just seeing some people tweet about them on twitter um because some of them in general, they just didn't seem like they were very creative. I know one was to read a book, starting with the word the, uh, to read a book outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, in part of the world, it was blazing hot summer of July, and it's a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think one was one about color. They just were very, seemed very simple. They, not like They, they were like a repeat yeah. of like previous prompts, right? And also, Ooh. can we say, this is like a build on their misstep with their like... Um, their one in March was it March they did the stay inside oh, reading rush right I just remembered it my brain just Ooh. unlocked it and that was also <laughs> like I forgot about that <laughs> they had they had to change prompts on that one too because they again just kind of stumble well, through about like read a dystopian or a book about yes and people oh, got upset they're like why would you have that as a prompt this year yeah yeah they were like read yeah. a dystopian or something like that for the in March yeah well we're all like you know (laughs) terrified of covid yeah yeah great great plan well and then the thing is i was seeing a lot of people talk about how every year they have something about reading outside and how it's not inclusive and especially in the middle of a pandemic when there are people who are immunocompromised Mm -hmm. live in cities don't have access to outdoor spaces for that and there were i I think the the big thing for me was in all of the things that, that happened and we'll get into more of it but their response was so lackluster. The response was like, well, we planned the prompts way in advance and couldn't change them. And I'm like, really? Like you, th- those were really hard to come up with clearly. <laughs> it's your redefined. I, so. Like what, when did you film it? Did you film it in February and like 
we're like, okay, we're done. This is happening in the yeah. summer. Like, I don't, who plans that far ahead for a readathon? I don't know. It's so, it's so bizarre. Well, and I think too, it's become more commercialized, which makes it weird now where they have all this merch, mm-hmm. way overpriced merch. Can I just say, yeah. like, yes, like, 100%. That thing, like $10. yeah, wasn't it like $20 for like a paper, like a paper yeah. tracker thing? I'm yeah, for a flimsy journal. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Seriously? And- I just, uh, and they have sponsors so yeah it's a whole yeah. it's a commercial adventure yeah. yeah very so then they have like a big announcement and they drop it on juneteenth mm-hmm. <laughs> and then their excuse was they're canadian and they had no idea I'm like, right oh, you're on twitter though everybody or, or you should be like if this is supposed to be for the book community, right? Like if the reading rush is supposed to be about how you're so connected with the book community online, like if you had been on Twitter at all, you would know yeah. <laughs> that this was happening yeah. and it was not a great idea. Yeah. So many little things that yeah. added up. And oh, then, the I was say, you keep up, there's <laughs> like, one more, right? Like the worst, it, in my opinion, like the worst thing, right? <laughs> was... They picked a group read, um, and they picked Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, which is a book about um, performative allyship. Mm-hmm. They didn't promote the book or really talk about it. Like, I didn't even know until all this blew up that there even was a group book, and I think a lot of people yeah. didn't. They've planned a live stream to talk about the book, and they get on and kind of giggle and say, oh, well, we didn't read the book. Oops. And like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you, seriously, you pick a book about performative allyship and then you don't actually read the book. And instead of like, this, like I don't know, the first thought in my head would have been, let's delay this a week. Mm-hmm. And just be like, hey, some stuff came up. We need to push this back. And like, we're going to come in a couple days and do it. Like, sorry. Yeah. Like, how many people just delay a live show because something happened? Which, totally fine. But they had been reading other books that week. Yeah. Like this was only really read one book. Okay, but they but they read other things, and yeah. you could have like invited other people on to discuss it who had read it. Like there's so many other things they could have done. Oh, totally. Like, Instead yeah. of like, oh, how funny! <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> it was not a good look. And then the apology was very like corporate statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a non-apology, which I think we've seen a lot of those this year. Yes. So <laughs> I've oh. also seen a lot of we need to learn how to apologize <laughs> this year, I feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which like for anybody listening, if you ever need to apologize for something, first of all, like say, I'm sorry. And don't say like, I'm sorry if you felt because it's like, no, say you're no. sorry for the thing you actually did. And then, like, say, here's what I did. I'm sorry for doing it. And, like, here's how I'm going to change going forward. Yep. <laughs> like, it seems so simple. But yeah. I was Googling to see if I could find. And I found, like, this, I don't know, article about Rachel Marie, if you wanted to go back to that. or if There was not. an, oh, really? There's had, an article? There was an article? Yeah, wow. I, I just Googled it. And I don't, it's, like, bibliocentrist.com. No what? Idea. It's got a bunch of mess. But it has some of the things. And I was like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, my memory is that. yeah, share. Rachel did. 
Um, <laughs> so I guess with that whole, like the protest and the fundraiser that she was doing for Jesse, I guess there was a picture of like Jesse at a vigil and she. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. that. Oh, my God. And her caption was this amazing human, this amazing black human. Oh, and people God. were like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. It was, it was <laughs> and, super weird. Yeah, she did like a yeah. screen grab during like a really intimate live stream that she did. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I went yeah. to that live. It was very like, it was just a moment of sad. Like it was very emotional and a lot to partake in. But it was not like, I don't, I can't, that's like, that's like going to a funeral and taking pictures. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, what, a, like, what a powerful moment. <laughs> and then being like, this was so powerful. Yeah. It, weird. Um, and I guess just, when then people started coming out and saying things that they had, um, I guess, uh, creators of color uh, were saying they had experienced like microaggressions. Um, mm. I guess she had at one time compared the word smut to like the N word. Oh, I don't Right. I don't, oh my God. And people shouldn't be judged for what they read that she separated um, the author from their work and let people enjoy things. I guess when people were talking about a problematic book, I don't know what book. Um, but it said she was accused of talking over minorities who found the work offensive. So mm-hmm. um, it just keeps going. Like, well, jokingly suggests you know, another booktuber should start a booktube porn channel. I don't know. That, that was Riley. Riley. That that was that was Riley. Ooh. Yeah, that was weird. And she mm-hmm. also like, I mean, obviously using junkie is not like cool. Like that's not great. And people like tried to get her to change it. Oh, because it was right. like the book junkie trials, and like yeah. she was like, "Who cares?" Basically about it. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. That good mm-hmm. for good on somebody for actually putting up an article about it. <laughs> I know, and it keeps going, and I'm like, "Oh, my, there's like a lot of tweets." And yeah, this that has a okay. Lot. Like, so yeah, send that to me after, and I will put that in the show notes okay. if people want to like see the details. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a lot. But we do have more to talk about. We have lots more. So um, I guess like one probably just brief one. I don't I didn't grab the name of it, but there was a booktuber a couple years ago who went on this kind of like alt-right white supremacist rant and then Mm -hmm. dropped out of booktube, came back kind of like in still doing stuff but like I think got radicalized to the alt-right and gets talked about in a book that came out this year called Sisters in Hate that I read and it was so bizarre reading it and being like wait I remember that and she's now part of like alt-right groups which is bizarre (laughs) so I yeah I listened to that book too and I was like that's so weird I wasn't watching booktube when she did that video but Mm -hmm. I remember or hearing it in the book and um her I guess her name I don't know her real name but like Brie Brie Rocho or something yeah on YouTube but I guess it was like we don't need diversity or mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be diverse and I, <laughs> I mean I honestly wish I could watch the video but <laughs> yeah no it was it was wild I mean it's been a couple of years now but it was that it was a lot so I remember just- going around on Twitter and being like what on earth yeah. <laughs> is happening what a take yeah but then having that come out this year in that book was just that was it's so bizarre. That book is fascinating. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then 
Oh, okay, this one I think is a little more complicated, but we could talk about it. Hannah Witten is mm. a big YouTuber who is a sex educator, and she put out this video this year um, and titled it Books That Make Me Horny. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I watched the video because I was like, okay, I want like people are freaking out about this, but I want to like actually see what she's saying. And mm -hmm. I think it's up for discussion. My take on it, her major misstep was titling it what she titled it because like I yes. some of the points she was trying to make in the video, I think are valid ones, but sensationalizing it in a way where it makes it look like you are sexualizing minors or like queer boys or whatever like that it becomes really problematic I would be curious to hear you guys' take on this yeah I felt I watched the video too because I was like I had never heard of her before and so she does make good points um because essentially she's saying like what your brain like mm -hmm. your brain and basically your naughty bits <laughs> aren't always on the same page so you may be reading something and your brain's like oh no these are these are minors or this isn't this is problematic but you might be tingled in your nether regions which all all fair point right but right. then yeah her using these books like um simon versus the homo sapiens agenda it's mm -hmm. like she used a lot of queer stories of of minors mm -hmm. i don't know if she did it for really it clickbait or if she thought that was the best way to go about it but yeah definitely her for titling and I think kind of the books she chose yeah not the best I, I mean I feel like it's just look it's it's creepy in a way when <laughs> you're gonna sit here and tell me that these books I mean red white and royal blue was on the list I think mm -hmm. that is adults at least but the other books were mostly minors and how mm -hmm. they make your you take and I under like I get what she was trying to get at. I just don't mm -hmm. think that delivery or execution was appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> um, like other examples might have been how like and how better. you wouldn't see backlash coming from that is really weird because we already have the issue of like fetishizing gay men mm -hmm. in society mm -hmm. like much more than we do anyone else in a weird way, um, like especially white women. And it just, it was just like so uncomfortable. I was just like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And I read romance books and I love books that are extra <laughs> healthy. And dirty. But that was not it. Like, I was just like, you literally, like, if she just picked all adult romances, it would have been fine. Yeah. Or at least books targeted at an older audience. Because, like, I think, you know, I mean, there, there are, like, I, I, on the one hand, like, I get what she's saying, but like, you shouldn't feel like something's super wrong with you if mm -hmm. if you have that effect from something that like wouldn't be okay in real life or mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like that that is true yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes but, like, you have to be, but you but like you have to be so careful in how you deliver that and also you know like recognize that like if you're unable to like separate that from reality then you probably should like go to therapy like I don't I you know like I just think she should have been more careful in the way she delivered yeah. that information yeah especially with a an adult talking about minor books like I feel like if she wanted she could have framed that so many ways with romance and like all the different dang it when my friend was telling me about some books she would was it a gargoyle like all those mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like in real life, would I really be turned on by a gargoyle? Or a vampire? Like, no, probably yeah. not. You're probably like, going to run away. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. And this sea monster turning me on in this book? Sure. <laughs> yeah. But do you, do you really <laughs> want to do the alien? No, not really. It's no, just a book. But it's a book. Yeah. But the yeah. writing is, you know. Um yeah. it was uh, just very strange. Um and then I don't know yeah. her apology or her statements and because I think in the she said something about like I need more hot gay books or hot lesbian books or something and people were like mm, could you could you not yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great mm. a great look yeah <laughs> okay so the last and, person we have on the YouTubers behaving badly list is Sasha Alsberg. <laughs> Oh, Miss Sasha. Oh, man. Miss Sasha. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> so who wants to take this? <laughs> um, I mean... I mean, Jess, uh, you have a great video about this, so why don't you... I think it was the end of November. Someone sent me, like, a, a tweet, but it was... I think it was Marnus who said something like I wonder what would happen if I was trapped or selling arcs and traveling during a pandemic and I was mm-hmm. like who is this about but I didn't see a lot of other talk and I'm not on Depop but so Sasha Alsberg I guess if people don't know is big in the booktube community and she's a published <laughs> author now I say she's like a former booktuber because I feel like she's oh, not yeah. been on the on in a long time yeah. right well she's, she's still she's she's made videos still... in a few months yeah, but when she does, there's still have book content. And she does book stuff on, like, TikTok and, and Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so she had Zenith a few years ago, but whatever. I guess she has been trying to move to London, mm-hmm. and she was living in Boston and traveling back and forth to London. Some people in my video said that she did need to make all, do all that traveling for Visa. I... Have I have had to get a visa to move to Italy? But I mean, I didn't have to travel to Italy, so I don't know. Maybe it's different for the UK. Mm-hmm. But she's been going back and forth, and you know, sharing on her Instagram stories of being out and about, so not like quarantining when she mm-hmm. goes to London. Yeah, and taking a lot of pictures. Like you, when you went to yeah. London, you were supposed to quarantine for two weeks before you go out. Um, yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I actually I pulled up a timeline I found last night about some of the stuff she Ooh. was doing. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and uh, like uh, the fact too that her audience skews very young. She has a lot of teenagers mm-hmm, following mm-hmm. her. It seems very yep. just. I can't think of the word right now. <laughs> it's irresponsible. Irresponsible. That's yeah. exactly it. Yes. Just to flaunt it. Like it's different. If, if you needed to go, sure, you were moving to London, whatever, you need to take care of paperwork. But it's a big difference just to like be going back and forth. And I guess her boyfriend, who's another author, mm-hmm. there's like. She was going to visit him, and they were out together. I think her boyfriend is—is is it Taryn Matharu? Is her boyfriend? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. then, also in the same time, she so was selling books on Depop, um, <laughs> <laughs> various states of con- condition of the books, and then also adding in arcs, but saying the arcs were free. But if you looked at the price of like the book package compared oh, to like she had yeah. a book that was middle grade maybe and it was like forty dollars but free art that came with yeah. it. Well, the diary of the orange tree arc is like super was, valuable right yeah yeah that one and, was the most egregious and she like it literally you like no well what was weird though is it would be like price books reflects the arc yeah price reflects well what's weird though is there would be books that were like chewed up by her dog 
like yeah. <laughs> like that nobody would buy where it's like oh here's two old books chewed up by my dog and an arc $50 <laughs> like no and people bought them I'm like why did you <laughs> And then people bought a forged signature. I mean, Possibly. oh yeah, ooh. signature game. Uh, it does not match anything I have signed by her. So okay, okay. Here, man, it ran out of ink, and I'm like, do yeah. you think Sarah's team wouldn't come with a box of sharpies? Okay, in her defense, I will say this: this is the only thing I can think that maybe could be why it looks weird. Is I remember because it's a, a Court of Wings and Ruin, I think. I think it was during that book tour, Sarah J. Mass had a wrist injury and couldn't sign very many books. And so like, maybe if it was during that time, she, her signature looked weird because of her wrist injury. Like, maybe, maybe, like if we give her the benefit of the doubt, but it's still, it's pretty suspect, suspect. Like you can, you guys can find like pictures <laughs> probably on Twitter or on <laughs> Jess's Paris channel. Thing. Check out Jess's yeah. channel because she's got a whole video with like tweets and everything on this. It's just, oh man, it's wild. Uh, she's continued to be pretty terrible because she was in the UK right now still, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're in like mm-hmm. tier four lockdown where she's at and she's still like out and about. Oh Lord. <sighs> oh my goodness. Uh, she, I thought and- she was supposed to take a break from social media is what she said. But I guess that lasted a week. If well, that. Well, and I know of several people who kind of know her who reached out to her being like, hey, you know, like maybe this isn't like the best way to do this. And she's just blocked them. So basically anybody who like isn't going along with what she's saying, she's blocking. So, Ooh. yeah. Yep. Mm. She blocked. I know um, Jess from Club Books reached out because like they've talked before and she blocked her immediately, mm-hmm. would not engage. And I'm just like. Ah, you know you're guilty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. don't want to deal with it. Wow. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Very messy. Yeah. It's really sad <laughs> when people who kind of helped build the community go be dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, just like do a real apology and admit that you messed up and you'll do better. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard to do. I just. Well, other countries, like, I don't know how seriously um, England's taking it overall, but I, like, People are getting arrested and like mm-hmm. forced watched like into quarantine because they're not following the laws or the rules. So mm-hmm. like I just I don't know. I don't feel like that's worth the risk if you're moving somewhere on a visa. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, there's no way. We're not going anywhere. We're like we are not traveling till we have a vaccine. Sorry family for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So authors I don't know if we're even going to get to all of these today, but like we can talk about quite a few of them. So there have also been a lot of authors behaving very badly. (laughs) It has been for sure. Yes, yes, it's been twenty twenty brought it out. Like I feel like (laughs) everybody got stuck in their house and they were like, "Let me show the world (laughs) who I really am." (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm just going to tweet. Okay, so the first thing that I remember happening was. The stuff with Sarah Dessen, okay? So Sarah Dessen is a huge best-selling YA contemporary author. She has a huge following. Like, I, th- I think, mm-hmm. ha- like, a couple hundred thousand people follow her on Twitter or something like that, or hundred thousand. Like, it's a lot. And <laughs> she tweeted this, this thing, freaking out um, about an article 
that had been written and she sort of blocked out the name but it was really easy to go and find but she but she basically was complaining about like how you know like people are always just hating on YA because it's for teen girls kind of thing without giving any context to what this article was about and at her followers ended up going and finding the person mentioned in the article and doxing her and harassing her. And it was like really, really bad. Come to find out, you read the whole article, right? And it's an article about a program of collab- books for freshman college students to read together. And the quote in, in question was saying something like, well, you know, like we didn't, it wasn't hating on Sarah Dessen books, but it was saying, well, like instead of like somebody had suggested that, but instead they were reading things like Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? You're or like, and it wasn't even anti YA because at one point they picked The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Yep. But it was like, okay, we're freshman college students. Sure, let's pick books that are meaty, that have things to dive into. Not that like there's nothing wrong with, there's anything wrong with Sarah Dessen books that's fine. But like, is that really what you would be picking for a college course? And she took it out of context. And I just, this was wild to me. And all her friends, any other authors. They all jumped on the train. Mm -hmm. Like even Roxanne Gay, Angie Thomas, Mm -hmm. um, so many were like, I mean, there were some pretty mean comments directed at the the girl that was quoted in in the article before they saw the whole thing and some apologized I think I remember like Roxanne Gay saying like I totally I messed up like Mm -hmm. I didn't see the but some of them didn't and I'm like I remember yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that was such a interesting this happens in romance a lot right like articles get written specifically in the month of February in which people basically talk about Fabio and how romance is awful or some other take and it just it felt like one of those moments but for YA books and I was like oh you guys are having your moment (laughs) I was like meanwhile romance lady is like we're on guard at all times (laughs) because it's like a challenge can you talk about romance without talking about Fabio like come on (laughs) well I think like the lesson here right is if you see something that looks shocking on Twitter, like do your research before you jump on the bandwagon, you know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> A lot of people could use that. <laughs> and also like the power differential here is wild, right? Like that's part of the problem is you have this adult successful woman who's, you know, I mean, she's like in her, she, I, I, I want to say she's like in her late 40s, early 50s at this point, right? Like you are a grown ass woman and you're going to go mm-hmm. whine on Twitter and like send your followers to attack this college student or this like young woman who like nobody knows, like that's messed up, all, right? Like, and we're going to see that again <laughs> in this list of like, <laughs> it's so, and I hate when they're like, well, I didn't send them. And it's like, at this point, if you've been on Twitter, you should know yeah. that if you have a following and you, you put out something you don't like without blocking out the person's name there your followers inherently are going to go pile on that person yep and this is how it works yep yeah well and I think maybe a good transition point from this given the topic is talking about whole, the whole thing that happened with Charlie Bowater and Jay Kristoff mm. when do you guys um. want to talk about that <laughs> uh, so was... oh go ahead okay yeah you're fine I just didn't know I was gonna say I know that like Somebody tweeted, like, wouldn't it be nice if somebody besides Charlie did some covers? 
they looked a little different. Yeah. And I, I like her art. It's beautiful. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it is. I mean, she's having a moment right now where a lot of YA yeah. publishers, I don't know how they contract that, are using mm-hmm. her art. So mm-hmm. a lot of books covers do look similar because yeah. it's her style. Well, and she, and I think what they, and it was a very, very small blogger. Like they, they don't have a big platform. They were very small mm-hmm. and they tweeted this one thing. They didn't even tag mm-hmm. her in it. And like, it was mild criticism. It was like, I love her art, but like, it would be nice if, and part of the thing is right. Her, she tends to draw characters who are like thin and white. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. you know, like just always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was, so it was like mild criticism. So Charlie Bowater tweets about this, like upset. Yeah. And then Jay Kristoff retweeted it Mm -hmm. and basically sicked his fan group on him yeah. <laughs> like on this poor like tiny blogger why yeah because yeah. he said the internet is full of worthless noise or something yeah. like that like your work your work is amazing and it was like so you're you're saying because a lot of people also were upset because the person who tweeted it first was a black booktuber yeah mina reads oh, yeah. and it was like did y'all not read the tweet because she complimented her art which i agree i like her art but it's like there's been a string of books coming out with the same yeah. art vibe. Oh, was it Mina? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I think she's grown a lot since then, but she was very small at the time. Yeah, yeah. she was then. And she had liked Jay Kristoff's books. And then to have him yeah. like come at her and call her worthless noise, like, oh man, like that. Yeah. It's just messed up. And, it's like, and then I think Charlie went private, of course. And mm. I'm like, like just don't do that like don't go I mean don't go after small creators don't go out like just keep your mouth shut have you a know, private I just, chat group I don't understand friend. how these people don't have group chats because that's we're not gonna lie here we all have group chats in oh, which yeah. we complain about things Hell yeah. that's, that's, that's what you're supposed time. to do yes. <laughs> I just anytime I, I think of something I send it to one you know somewhere where people I trust I know they're not going to screenshot it put mm-hmm. it on the internet mm-hmm. not I don't tweet those things but so many people do group chat text but they tweet it yes <laughs> yes like don't do that it's like she's such a friend email her or something yeah like or have that. like a, a chat yeah I mean we all need it like I like I, I think if if you are on the internet or in the public eye for any length of time at some point you're going to need a group of friends that you can be like oh my gosh people suck right now and I'm feeling yeah. this way even if it would be totally inappropriate to say that publicly mm-hmm. <laughs> which is exactly. fine we're human we yeah. have emotions you gotta blow off steam right. sometimes <laughs> right you, you see a tweet that annoys you, you blow off steam. You're like, oh, this is so silly. Like, why are they doing this? And then you move on. You don't, you don't like respond no. and be like, how dare you? Oh my gosh. Well, like, and who was it? The, the like a couple weeks ago, there was an author who commented uh, on a small bloggers. So Connie Schultz, is that who you're thinking of? Who attacked Laura? Yes. I, well, okay. She didn't attack Laura. So like Connie Schultz wrote some book. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> And she's at, Laura's a friend of mine. And yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and she literally, like, I think she has 250 subscribers on YouTube. She's got maybe 100 Twitter yeah, followers like when tiny, this happened. Tiny. She's tiny. And, and <sighs> like, and it wasn't, she didn't tag the author. It was, mm-hmm. like, a Goodreads automatically posted tweet where she, like, mm-hmm. basically DNF'd the book and didn't. And the author, like, 
found it clearly. Like, if you are an author, do not search yourself on Twitter or like. Do, and if you do, well, don't comment. Like, why? Why are you searching your own name on Twitter? Yeah, it's not a good idea. And she had like I don't know thousands of followers. So they all are in Laura's comments saying, "You really didn't need to say this. This is very mean." Oh, she wasn't even that mean. She was just like, "It wasn't for me. I'm not going to finish it." Like. Yeah. It- yeah, she was just saying it wasn't well, for thank her. You for I was staying so as good. long as you did. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. Uh, uh, I felt so bad. And then, I mean, there's other authors doing it this year, too, even more, like yeah. showing up in comments where yeah. they should not be. Yeah, well, like I think one one that I'm seeing people talk about is Steven Erickson, who is a huge, very successful fantasy author who wrote the Malazan mm-hmm. books, has been going and finding youtubers talking about his books and leaving these lengthy comments kind of mansplaining his own books to these booktubers <laughs> like don't no. do that creepy that's so weird it's Go so weird well and it's funny because because of that there's been chatter about it and i know people who are like well you know i was maybe interested in trying the series but i'm not going to now because i don't want him up in my comments like saying weird stuff mm-hmm. yeah hard pass i mean I haven't read it, but yeah. I don't want to now. Yeah, like, just don't, don't, don't do that. Like that's not that's not good author behavior. No, no. One that I just found to be really wild that happened recently was everything that went down with Jessica Cluis. Ooh, <laughs> I had I have uh, screenshots of that whole Twitter thread. Like, oh my goodness. So, oh my. Ooh, so there is a woman um, who is a very well respected. Um, educator. She's a black woman, and she's not even like she's not an author. She's not a blogger. She's she's an educator, and she had tweeted some stuff about how we need to have more inclusivity in the classics that are being taught in school, mm-hmm. and that it shouldn't just all be like white people. Like, which yes, fair, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Cluis, who is a YA author, went on this lengthy, very bizarrely aggressive rants about um, classic books and said some nasty stuff in there too towards this woman saying like you can some like I think at one point one of the things was like you can like spin on like spin on a tack or something like and spin like it was it was bizarre and she got dropped by her agent which Mm -hmm. go go agents but yeah, thoughts on that. That was, I, yeah. I was so, what was so bizarre to me was how many tweets, like, I'm like, you didn't stop after, she didn't stop after three, no. after six, after nine. I feel like there were like 15 Oof. tweets. And yeah, like you said, so aggressive. Like, yeah. one was like, you hack, you shouldn't call yourself an educator. Uh, I was like, Oh, it seemed really personal. Like, do you have something against her personally? I was a lot. It was weird. Okay, I'm going to admit this. I don't read a lot of classics. Mm -hmm. They're just not my thing. So I don't really read them. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, I've tried to read Jane Austen and I love romance. I just can't get into it. But, like, there are some I want to read this year and in the future. But I just don't, like, this this tower people put these certain these white author classics on to be honest because it's all white authors that they're like elevating Mm -hmm. and think are the like and i'll be i just don't get it 
Like, I don't get it. Like, I looked up her thing and somebody actually replied to her apology saying that, like, Orwell was a prophet and anyone who disagrees is a fascist. And I was what? like, what? <laughs> what? People get, very, people get very intense about classics. And I, so look, like, I do read classics and I like classics, but I also take the point that, like, you know, the traditional Western canon of classics is very white and very limited mm-hmm. and like it oh, should totally. be expanded and that shouldn't be the only thing we're teaching so like do I think there's a place for it yeah sure but mm-hmm. anyway but it was this whole thing was just it blew and I up. also think honestly not forcing teens to read classics is a good choice like read them in college when you're like brains more developed and you can actually have discussions I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a, so maybe I was a weird teenager. I read a lot of classics as a teenager. Like in high school, I was very into classics. Oh. So I know a lot of people who stopped reading in high school because yeah. of classics. So that's yeah. why I think I'm of like, you know. Notes. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I, I think just having more more options. I know there's yeah. really important ones. And of course, in her thread, because I'm looking at the tweets, um, she brought up, of course, like, some of the better ones mm-hmm. um, because she's trying to say, you know, well, this person made this social commentary and you don't think that's important. It's like, sure, you named those 10, but there are so many other ones that have less great content in them. And no one's, I think it's like she took it as the educator was like, stop teaching all classics. Yeah. Until 1950. Which is not like, what it was. No. Like it was so bizarre. Yeah. That was. Because one of them. I, um, yeah, the sit and spin on attack. And then she said, remember how Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women to uphold the patriarchy? If you do, stop taking drugs, you hack. I'm like, what? Like, what? what were you? What? Were you really, They're were you just really sleepy when you, when you type these? I just don't. It was I so much. just, the reply, like, honestly, like, if it, you're ever bored, I think that's a fun one to go look up and, like, look at some of the replies she got oh. from people just to be like, <laughs> why, what, what is this high horse you are choosing to stay on? Well, what's funny, too, like, that one in particular struck me as funny because, like, Louisa May Alcott actually wrote Little Women because of the patriarchy. It wasn't what she wanted to write, but it was what she could sell. She really wanted to write, like, salacious murder stories and ghost stories and stuff, which she did. They just (laughs) didn't make as much money. (laughs) It's just ironic. I don't know. I that's, That's very interesting. Okay. So... Let's talk. Let's tackle like a couple other things on here, because um, I mean, there's so much we could talk about. But <laughs> Mackenzie Lee, <laughs> I feel like I laugh every time you say something because I'm just like, oh god, yeah, that was yeah. this year. That was this year. It was, I mean, so much happened this year. This, this so this was yeah. funny. I. <laughs> And, like, Mackenzie Lee is a very nice person. I've met her. I've talked to her. Like, I actually didn't meet her. Like, she's really lovely. But some of her choices on the internet are a little She does. Okay. She's very nice in person, but she makes bad choices. She does. And I can no longer support her because of these bad choices. Oh, man. Okay. So who wants to talk about this one? Oh, God. Um, What was it? The beginning? it was early in the pandemic, right? Like when everyone yeah. was on lockdown. Yeah. To help her local bookstore, she she's was a bo- she's a bookseller. She works. Yeah. She works as a bookseller at a bookstore. Yeah. In like Utah or somewhere, I think. No, in Boston. No, Boston. Okay, I don't know. I was yeah, like somewhere fine. cold. Yeah, in Boston. <laughs> um, and she's also an author, but yeah. Yeah. So she like was saying that if you asked her to, she would write you. She would write a note to you or something. 
in the books you bought, but mm-hmm. she was actually signing other people's books and drawing in them and making commentary. <laughs> I was in the book, not in the book, book. not on a not note. A like, <laughs> like if I bought a book. <laughs> And that that was what was inside of it when I said sure, leave like I want a fun note. I would have been so mad. I mean, people were asking her to do it, I think as part of it is like she had had people requesting it. And so she was like, Yeah, okay, sure, why not? Let's just make this a thing and maybe we'll get more orders. So like I don't but I don't think she really fully thought through the implications of what she was doing. Like But yeah, so 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 like she would like do a little doodle and write like funny things in a book by another author, and people were requesting it. Like the person who bought it did request that she did it, but then she was like taking pictures and posting them on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter, and people and were like, Twitter. "Why? Why are you doing that?" Yeah. Um, well, and some authors were pissed about it. Picture, like yeah, um, so it's like I didn't ask you. Like I'm I'm looking up this picture and it's a book. It's Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me, and she scratches out Laura Dean and writes her name, and then signs her name huge. Like, oh my god! I think the biggest thing is she was doing it on the page where, if you met that author, they would sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that just makes it really awkward. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you're going to meet them, and you're like, "Oh hi, uh, will you sign this?" And they're like, "Why did Mackenzie Lee sign my book?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know Rin Chipeco was really mad about it. Yeah. Like, she was that. not happy. Yeah. So some of them, yeah, it's, there's like a, a drawing on one, I don't really care about this book because it's Donna Tart, but still it had like the goldfinch. It says, too long for me, Mackenzie Lee. <laughs> That one kind of cracked me up. See, and like I loved that book, but it is very long and very slow. <laughs> so, just yeah, like I'm seeing all. Like I didn't realize how many she did, but there's, yeah, there's so many. There were a lot. Like, I mean, that's wrote. the thing is, I'm like on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, it's funny, but also like you know maybe if you're posting it and you're also an author, maybe you should ask the authors if they were cool with it. I don't know. I just yeah, it was. Uh, not a great it's look. Cringy. Cringy. Cringy is very cringy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't think it was malicious, but cringy. She's like, I'm being cool. This is original. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, you know, as always this year, JK Rowling has continued to be a mess on Twitter. Go <laughs> in. Go in. Um, and this year it's been like anti trans stuff or anti non binary, really, is like, yeah, like having very specific <laughs> ideas about what gender is and isn't, mm-hmm. and kind of went off. Well, times. and she's, she's kind of done this before, actually, a little bit previously, but this year she really uh, tripled down. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Quadrupled down. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Was... yeah, she's not dying on that hill. She's she's on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, she's she's dead on top of the mountain. I well, feel like yeah. she's like this is where I will stay. Well, and apparently, <laughs> I heard her latest Robert Galbraith book. She integrated some of the stuff into the plot line too. Yeah, it's like a trans <laughs> and... man or woman as a as the like the villain. Yeah, 
It's very interesting. I, it's like way to ruin our childhoods. <laughs> I, because so many, because she's done like you said the things before, and it seemed like things usually went away and people forgot. But this time, I don't know if it was just the you know the quadrupling down <laughs> that people were finally like you know don't post this anymore, don't you know she's a turf, all yeah. these things. So this one I think was her final. Well, at least in the book community, which in it's so weird to me. I feel like my Twitter feed is the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, all of these things are happening. And then I'll like talk to my husband. He's like, I'm like, you didn't see it on Twitter? And he's like, oh. <laughs> like we have very different lives. So I'm like, no, this person is canceled. And this person did this. He's like, that's in your world that you're living in right there. The, the larger world, I don't know, is the same. So it's really weird. Like, I know a lot of, it, there's articles and stuff, but in the wide, you know, people have been saying other things about Universal, and I'm like, if you think a corporation <laughs> like Disney Universal is going to do something like that would stop making the money, I doubt that. So it's really, it's really tough, and it's just really hurtful that I kept being like, maybe she's going to read, you know, she's going to learn something. Yeah, no, no. I mean, she's <laughs> also like a billionaire at this point, and like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, her residuals from everything are probably massive. Oh, I yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. And I think it was especially, this has been especially hard for us because, like, I mean, a lot of us grew up on those books. Oh, yeah, I did. And mm-hmm. now, like, as an adult, like, as I've revisited them, I've noticed some of the things in there that are not great mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, representation goes. And, like, you know, there's some transphobia in the book itself and, mm-hmm. like, I didn't notice it as a kid because I didn't know, yeah. you know, I didn't know those things when I was in grade school and, L- right. and middle school. But yeah, it's just, it's sad. And I think, um, I think it's been interesting how much like those of us on the book internet have been like, nope, we're done. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I see things in the outside world and I'm like, oh, you don't know, do you? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I think cool. like, I think for me. I and there people have had such different responses to it but kind of my main thing is I'm like well I'm just not going to talk about them on my channel anymore (laughs) like that's Mm -hmm. pretty much I'm like I don't especially because I have friends in the community who were personally very hurt by the things that she said and did and I'm like I don't want to exacerbate that why you know 100 percent yeah and I've had people come at me and about this a little bit and sort of be like well you know, what are you just going to like, like lots of authors do problematic things. Like, are you just going to be like this about everything? And I was like, no, but like, I can also choose for authors who are still alive where I'm going to give my money and my attention. It's my platform. And if I don't want to give time and attention to JK Rowling, I do not have to. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I literally have a friend who messages me and she's like, do I need to know anything about this author before I dive in? Nice. She's like, I just want to know now before I like fall in love with their books, and then you're like, uh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> bad yeah. news, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, ooh, let's see, couple things. One, and I think I'll be will maybe be brief on this, and I'm going to direct people to a a series of videos that I will put in the description. But the Omegaverse lawsuit. <laughs> Favorite thing of 2020. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) My favorite thing. So bizarre. So Izzy, why don't you give them like a quick overview of like what happened? And then guys, if you want details, 
check out the videos by is it uh Lindsay ellis yeah it's Lindsay ellis, Lindsay ellis. so oh, a megaverse is this wild thing mm-hmm. that spawned out of fan fiction uh and it's mostly men loving men romance and involves a lot of weird things mm-hmm. and basically Lindsay ellis did a whole like video essay on the world of Omegaverse, I guess you'd call it. I don't read these books. So like my, <laughs> I have like this, that weird, like, you know, outer layer knowledge. <laughs> and then the lady, what is her name? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, but my- she, well, but she did it not just about the world of it, but also about this lawsuit because she sued other authors. Yeah. So that author, she's claiming like it's hers and you can't use it. <laughs> that yeah, that, that that heterosexual omegaverse tropes is that mm-hmm. belong to her. Which yes. like, you can't what? copyright a trope. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she like sued. So first she sued them and like Lindsay started talking about that. And then she came back and she tried to sue Lindsay Ellis and Courtney Milan <laughs> for defamation or something. Yeah, for defamation. And, like, if you don't know, Courtney Milan is a former Supreme Court justice clerk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do not come at her. No. <laughs> this is not somebody you're going to, like, sue because she's going to be like, excuse me? Oh, my gosh. It's so bizarre. Highly recommend the two videos by Lindsay Ellis. I'll put those in the show notes 100%. if people want to check them out. Like, they are so entertaining. I, it, it, yeah. The funniest, honestly, drama to come out of 2020 to me is a megaverse. <laughs> because I was like, this is not the subgenre of books that I ever expected to be like having a video essay person on YouTube talking about. No. Well, and like there was a there was a New York Times article about the lawsuit and like mm-hmm. I, it was yeah, that, that was wild. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. just not the genre I would ever <laughs> No. No. Let's, let's talk about it. We'll make a verse. Oh, All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, since we're running out of time, the last thing I want to talk about here, leaving it on a more positive note, is we've seen a lot of social activism happen this year in the book world and some really cool things coming out of that. So I want to talk about a few things there. Um, Izzy, why don't you start off by talking about what Faded Mates has been doing? Um, so early on in like... I guess the fall pre-election, maybe October, they started doing what's called Faded States, where they did live phone banking together. Uh, And this was kind of the big kickoff, I think, in the romance community, at least for like some ground level activism for the election and getting people out to vote. I it personally inspired me to actually do postcards. I I can't call people on a phone. Um, I literally like cannot. (laughs) I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could phone bank y'all. Like, no, No, I I get it. It's a struggle. I cannot do it. Um, So, yeah, it was just, it was really fun. They did like, they would do it together live. They did like live podcast recordings where you could fill out your postcards. They kind of like really started a grassroots effort, effort with Indivisible, I think it's called, who came out of the 2016 election saying we've got to change the Democratic Party to like actually make changes like how we're doing this to mm-hmm. get the right people into office so it was just i don't know it made me really happy yeah. I've, I've been very happy to see this shift uh around us of people being more active yeah absolutely yeah. 
I think the Romance Landia in general has been really active in this, which has been cool. The other thing that kind of mm-hmm. came after that was Romancing the Runoff, which was organized by Courtney Milan, Kit Rocha, and somebody else. Alyssa Cole. Alyssa Cole, of course. Yeah, Alyssa Cole. Yeah. Um, And this was amazing. I was a part of it a little bit. (laughs) So, uh, but they did a auction where all of the Mm -hmm. proceeds went to a couple of organizations getting out the vote in Georgia for the runoff election. And Mm -hmm. people could Mm -hmm. donate items to be bid on. And I did, I, I, you know, I mean, my like a little couple hundred dollars of it, there were some much bigger things, but like I donated a couple manuscript critiques. There were people who donated really cool experiences and virtual hangouts and books and like all kinds of stuff. And they've Mm -hmm. raised over half a million dollars from it, which Mm -hmm. is incredible. It was wild. Amazing. So cool. It was such good. It was such a good run. Yeah. And just like seeing everybody come together and the excitement around the bidding wars and everything was so yeah. they also cool. <laughs> Mysteries did one too for Georgia. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That, yeah. There was a spinoff mystery one that happened. It was just wild, like to see the amount of like celebrities and stuff. And like we, um, one of the things I helped run Romance Sparks Joys, we donated to the romance one. Um, and it was just like, was watching it all happen. I was like, this is wild. Yeah. It was and we, there were other auctions. Like there was an auction for Puerto Rico this year, um, also mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. And was there another one or is that the only one? I think there was something else too. I know that like the races in Texas. The uh Oh yeah. Well the, there's the also been I think something raising money for stuff in the was it the Philippines? Yes. Yeah, yes, there was. So there's been just a lot of that of like fundraising and social activism. And then mm-hmm. um, and then when everything was going down this summer, too, there were just a lot of people individually and in panels doing streams on YouTube talking about race issues as they relate to the booktube community. I was part of a town hall conversation around that. And there was just a lot of really good energy around like, let's really talk about issues that often get swept under the rug, which mm-hmm. I think was mm-hmm. great. Yes. Yes. Um, do you have anything to add with any of that, Jess? No, I just um, I remember looking up "Romancing the Runoff" and just being shocked that Stacey Abrams, who is the queen of Georgia, is also a romance. Yes, writer. she is. Uh, <laughs> she is. I was like, wait, excuse me, I need to go read those books. And she has like a political thriller coming out. Yes, yes I cannot wait. I'm it's, going to get that. She's incredible. Yeah, she is. Um, I highly recommend looking up. She's tweeted it if you haven't seen it. Like some of the ads that one of the ladies in Georgia like ran about her trying to like slander her. And it was just it was funny because she's like, she writes these books. <laughs> and I was like, the horror. She's an author. <laughs> Oh, the audacity. Romance. Well, no. it's funny, too, because it's not like they're, they're like, erotica or something. You know what I mean? It's like, just, no, I, mean, I know. It's, like, time, but it's funny. What a take. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're fun. They're, like, romantic. Yeah. I read one of them after I found that out. Uh, but they're romantic suspense. And she what does she write under? I can't think of the name right now. Selena Montgomery. So, so, yeah. Yes. Selena Montgomery. Selena Montgomery. Yeah. I, I think. With that person with the ad probably is trying to target all the people who just look at romance as a whole as like, ugh, yeah. or like less than. Mm-hmm. And I think my, especially being on like booktube and seeing all the drama and stuff and 
the more I've learned about romance community and just one, how much money romance in general <laughs> generates. Mm-hmm. And then seeing all this like positivity, I think it's that people just need to get, it's like 2020, like get it together. Romance is more than just, mm-hmm. even if it was, it's still, yes, people want to read it. And it's like such a vast community, but I think it's awesome. Cause I think romancing the runoff started off with like, maybe we can raise like $20,000. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. we can get, yeah. and they've gotten surpassed that. So yeah, that's been super dope. Yeah. It's really it exciting. Is. So cool. I hope they can win those runoffs in Georgia. Yes. Goodbye. Please. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wonder if by I guess by the time this episode goes up, we'll we'll know. I don't know. I don't know the date. I don't know January the fifth. Oh, so yeah, by the time so it'll be over by the time this episode goes up. So fingers crossed. (laughs) Please, oh my god. Oh man. Well, thank you guys. This has been super fun. We are definitely over time, but hopefully everybody (laughs) enjoyed the conversation. You guys were wonderful to have to talk about this. Again, everybody, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany. You can follow us on Twitter at Chapter 3 Podcast, and you can also find me on YouTube at Beautifully Bookish Bethany if you want even more bookish content from me. The next episode will be available in two weeks, and this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.